Open in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11, this is not our text. This is not where we're going to be. But as I was reading our text this week and thinking about it, this verse of Scripture continually came to my mind. And so I want to start this by reading this one verse of Scripture. Hebrews 11 verse 13 says, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. That's a great verse, isn't it? These all, all of them in Hebrews, and these all died in faith, not having received the promises. But they saw them afar off, and they were persuaded of them. And they embraced them. And they confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Now let's turn to our text. It's 2 Samuel chapter 23. And this is a wonderful text. 2 Samuel chapter 23. Let's read the first five verses. It says, Now these be the last words of David. David, the son of Jesse, said, And the man who was raised up on high, the anointed of the God of Jacob, and the sweet psalmist of Israel, said, The Spirit of the Lord spake by me, and his word was in my tongue. The God of Israel said, The rock of Israel spake to me, He that ruleth over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. And he shall be as the light of the morning when the sun riseth, even a morning without clouds, as the tender grass springing out of the earth by clear shining after rain. Although my house be not so with God, yet he hath made with me an everlasting covenant, ordered in all things and sure. For this is all my salvation and all my desire, although he make it not to grow. David died in faith not having received the promise. But he saw it afar off. And he was persuaded of it. And embraced it. And confessed that he was just a stranger and a pilgrim on the earth. 
It says in verse 1, Now these be the last words of David. Those are important words, aren't they? His last words. How many words did David write? How many words did the Lord use David to write? How many words did David say? These are the last words of David. A man's last words when he realizes his time is up. It's the end. These are my last words. A man who realizes he has just enough energy and just enough time to say one more thing. You know, we've seen these movies and, you know, the old westerns and the, man, the old man gets shot and he pulls the young man close and he says, Son, if you hadn't heard anything I've said, you listen to this. Come here, I've got to tell you this. Last words. When a man says his last words, that is the moment when he's going to cut straight to the heart of the matter. He's going to tell what he believes is the most important thing in life. Let me tell you the most important thing I know. These are my last words. Verse 1 says, Now these be the last words of David. David knew that he was dying. He knew he was a dying man speaking to dying men. And women. These are his last words. It says in verse 1, David, the son of Jesse. David was a man. He was just a regular man. David was just a regular man. God said he was a man after God's own heart. But David was just flesh and blood like you and me. Just flesh and blood. When David took a stone and put it in a sling and started running at Goliath, he had no idea where that stone was going to go. No idea. He was just a man. He didn't know if it was going to miss Goliath altogether. He didn't know if he was going to drop dead instantly like he did. He didn't know if it was just going to make him mad. And then here, here it comes. He had no idea. He was just a man. Hold your place here in our text. We're going to turn a few times and then turn back. So hold your place here. And let's go to James chapter 5. Go to James chapter 5 and look at verse... 17, it says, Elias, Elijah, Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. That word passions, when you start looking it up, it means same feelings. And then it says usually painful painful. He was just a man. Elijah, he was just a man. 
He had the same pains. He had the same doubts. He had the same fears that you and I have. He was just a man. We started in Hebrews 11. Go back over there to Hebrews chapter 11. Look at verse 17. It says, By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. When Abraham was standing there and his son Isaac was laying on that altar and Abraham had that knife raised up in the air, Abraham had no idea what the outcome of that was going to be. No idea. Verse 24 says, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. When Moses made that choice, he had no idea what the repercussions of that were going to be. No idea. Verse 29 says, By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians, assaying to do, were drowned. Until God told Moses to strike that water, Moses had no idea what they were going to do. We're in trouble. Moses, what are we going to do? Moses said wisely, let's stand still. I tell you what, let's stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. But Moses had no idea. I don't know. God did. Verse 30 says, By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. They kept walking around Jericho seven days. After every day, you know they had to be saying, do you see a crack in the wall or anything? I mean, does it look like we're doing anything here? We see any progression? Is any? They had no idea. They were just men. We're just men and women. David was just a man. Our text says, back in Second Samuel twenty-three. <clears throat> These be the last words of David, David, the son of Jesse. And then it says that David was the man who was raised up on high. David was the man, just a man, who was raised up on high. David is taking his last words to take this opportunity to tell how great things the Lord hath done for him. I'm just a man whom the Lord raised up on high. He said, I was an object of God's grace. That's it. I was nothing, just the son of Jesse. I was just a man. I was a beggar on a dunghill. I was nothing but a shepherd boy. That's all I was. God made me a king. Great things He hath done for me. 
Turn over to 1 Samuel chapter 2. First Samuel chapter 2, and look at verse 6. This is Hannah praying. The Lord killeth and maketh alive. He bringeth down to the grave and bringeth up. The Lord maketh poor and maketh rich. He bringeth low and lifteth up. He raiseth up the poor out of the dust and lifteth up the beggar from the dunghill to set them among princes and to make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's and he hath set the world upon them. He said, I was nothing. And God made me a king. I was a beggar on a dunghill, and I was raised to sit among princes. Great things the Lord had done for me. In Revelation 1, John said, He hath made us kings and priests with God. Just men. David says, This is the most important thing that I have to say. How great things the Lord had done for me. Now, our text says in 2 Samuel, David was the anointed of the God of Jacob. Now, I want everybody to see this. Go to 1 Samuel 16. 1 Samuel chapter 16. He was the anointed of the God of Jacob. 1 Samuel 16 and verse 11. Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest. And behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy, and withal of a beautiful countenance, and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. When he was anointed, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. And let's notice what that produced in David. Turn back to our text. He was the anointed of the God of Jacob and the sweet psalmist of Israel. He was anointed with the Spirit of the Lord and made the sweet psalmist of Israel. Why were the psalms sweet, the psalms he wrote? It's because every single one of them had one subject. The Lord Jesus Christ. The Spirit of the Lord was put upon this man. Just a man. God put the Spirit of the Lord upon him. And David says in verse 2, The Spirit of the Lord spake by me. He's saying in his last words, 
the Spirit of the Lord spake by me, and His word was in my tongue. David says, the things I have written in the form of psalms are the words of God. It's the word of God. And I say this morning, I say, the things that I speak, not every word that comes out of my mouth, I'm just a sinner, but the things that I declare from this word are the words of God. It's not the words of Gabe, it's not the words of David, it's the word of God. Well, David uses his last words to say in our text, verse 3, The God of Israel said, The rock of Israel spake to me. He spoke to me. And this is what he said. He that ruleth over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. David said, The Lord told me that somebody is coming to take my throne forever. He that ruleth over men is going to be just. And he's going to rule in the fear of God. Verse 4, And he shall be as the light of the morning, when the sun riseth, even a morning without clouds, as the tender grass springing out of the earth, by clear shining after rain. Now let's see where the Lord told David this. Go to 2 Samuel chapter 7. Second Samuel chapter 7, look at verse 12. Nathan the prophet is speaking to David. When thy days be fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. He said, when you die from your seed, out of your bowels, somebody's coming, and I'm going to establish his kingdom. Verse 13 says, He shall build an house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. And I will be his father, and he shall be my son. If he commit iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the stripes of the children of men. But my mercy shall not depart away from him, as I took it from Saul, whom I put away before thee. And thine house and thine kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Thy throne shall be established forever. According to all these words and according to all this vision, so did Nathan speak to David. So David knew the promised one is coming. Through thy seed, through thy bowels, a promised one is coming. Somebody is going to take this throne and rule forever. He's going to be the Savior of His people. Now David was just a man. He didn't know how this was going to happen. And he didn't know when this was going to happen. 
And you know that every single son that he had and every grandson that he had, he was watching that boy. Is that him? Is that the promised one? And it didn't take long. Sin ruled. He said, no, he's not the, he's not the one. That's not him. So he says in his dying words, back in 2 Samuel 23, Although my house be not so with God. 2 Samuel 23, 5. Although my house be not so with God. So far, no one in my house has fulfilled the promise yet. We're all sinners. This promise has been made and, and, and so far my house is not so. We're not yet. I haven't physically seen the Messiah yet. He's been promised to me, but I haven't seen Him yet. Verse 5 says, Yet He hath made with me an everlasting covenant. Now listen to this. This is You don't have to turn there. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 14 says, I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it, and God, do, and God doeth it that men should fear before Him. That which hath been is now. That which hath been is now. And that which is to be hath already been. And God requireth that which is past. David says, this thing is ordered and it is sure. He says, let it be known in verse 5 of our text, Although my house be not so with God, these are my dying words, yet he hath made with me an everlasting covenant, ordered in all things and sure. For this is all my salvation and all my desire. This is all my hope. Let me be remembered that this is all my hope. I add nothing to it. I take nothing from it. My all is in this covenant that He made. Verse 5 says, Although, or even though, He make it not to grow. Even though I have not seen the fulfillment of it yet. I've heard the promise. It's been told to me. But I have not seen the fulfillment yet. He says, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and His righteousness. And I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but I completely lean on the Lord Jesus Christ's name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Those were David's last words. That's what he's saying. I pray that that's our last words. 
I want that to be our last words. I want the end of us to be peace. Peace. Well, let me ask this question. Did the Lord keep His promise? Did He keep His promise? He made this promise to David. He made this covenant. Did He keep His promise? Who was He talking about that would sit on the throne? Who is the one who is going to reign forever? And who does David represent? Search the Scriptures. The Lord said, They are they which testify of me. Who does David represent? Turn over to Revelation 22. Revelation chapter 22. The last chapter in this book. Revelation 22, look at verse 16. The Lord says, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David. I'm the one. I'm the bright and morning star. I am the one. Now let's turn back over to our text and see that David represents the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's read our text as it be in his words. 2 Samuel 23 verse 1 says, Now these be the last words of Christ. He is the first and the last. He changes not. The words that he gave in the beginning are the exact same words he gave in the end. The first is the last. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's always the same. Verse 1, Christ is the son of Jesse. Just listen to this. Isaiah chapter 11 verse 1 says, There shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse. And a branch shall grow out of his roots, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, this man. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. He's going to be just, and he's going to rule in the fear of the Lord. Jesus, our Lord, said, I am he. I am the one. Our text in verse 1 says, The man who was raised up on high. Lifted up was he to die. It is finished was his cry. Oh, but now in heaven he's exalted high. He is the anointed of the God of Jacob. He is the Prince of Peace, the sweet psalmist of Israel. He said in verse 2, The Spirit of the Lord spake by me. And His word was in my tongue. Verse 3, 
The God of Israel said, the rock of Israel spake to me, he that ruleth over men must be just ruling in the fear of God. Verse 4, and he shall be as the light of the morning when the sun riseth, even a morning without clouds as the tender grass springing out of the earth by clear shining after rain. And he says in verse 5, the good news of the gospel. He declares the gospel. Our Lord says in verse 5, Although my house be not so with God, my people, my creation, my chosen, my house, although they be not so with God, although they have fallen from God, sinned against God, rebelled against God, although my house be not so with God. Yet He hath made an everlasting covenant with me. With man it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Our Savior said man could not keep this covenant. But God didn't make this covenant with man. He made it with me. And I'm here to tell you, he says, it is perfect. It is finished. It is ordered in all things. Everything is working together because of this covenant. Everything that happens is due to this covenant and for this covenant. It's ordered in all things. And it is sure. In Isaiah 46, the Lord said, I have spoken it, I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it, I will also do it. I will do it. He says in our text, verse 5, This is all... My salvation. This salvation is my salvation. Salvation has nothing to do with you. It's all my salvation. I will do it. And he says, this is all my desire. I want to. I will do it. And I want to. Why did our Lord do all this? He wanted to. That's why He did it. He wanted to. He said, it's all my desire. He said, I will that where I am, they may be also. That's what I want. He did it for the joy set before Him. He delights to show mercy. He said, it's my pleasure. It's all my desire. Although he make it not to grow. He's saying to his people, you are washed. You are sanctified. You're justified. You're holy. In this covenant. In my salvation. In my desire. In my will. Even though you can't see it. You can't think it, and you can't feel it. 
You're just men. We're all just men. Even though you just cannot get a hold of it, even though he make it not to grow, it's ordered and sure. Ask a believer, do you feel like you are growing in grace? If he is honest, he'll say, I believe I'm worse than the day I started. I think I'm going backwards. Even though he make it not to grow, even though we cannot see it yet, even though we don't know the outcome, beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know as soon as we see him, we're going to be just like him. <laughs> Whatever he is, we're going to be just like him. I thank God for these last words. David's last words. 